um, we had to take the cat to get uh, a liver scan. Right. I remember you mentioning that. How did that yes. go? Um, it, went, it, it went okay. They basically, they have to do one more test, and they, but otherwise they think that she has kitty IBS. Oh, okay. So that's a thing. Um, but the entire time, like, John is such a good supporter, but at the same time, he, like, very quietly thinks that this is ridiculous because he grew up with like farm cats and some cats made it and some cats didn't. And so when he, mm-hmm. our vet was like, go for a liver scan, he was just like, okay, <laughs> we'll you do that. So. Yeah. And like he said, it's, it's up to, he's very supportive and he told me whatever you want to do, we'll do. Yeah. Um, go for it. But it, it's a surreal experience taking an animal to a veterinary hospital and I do like part of me is just like this is ridiculous, but another part of me is just like take the best care possible of my little cat. Yeah, like if I'm not doing what I can to take care of this animal, then am I not failing yeah. this animal? And as my exactly my duty as a a parent, a pet parent. Yeah, I got to do everything possible to make sure she's okay, and we have the means to do so. I'm good. So, but they had to shave her, and she is a super super fluffy cat, and so she basically just looks like she's wearing very furry chaps right now because all of her tummy and you have pictures correct oh yes i'll be sending you pictures they're oh, they're we'll super the cute notes. yes oh yeah you gotta Everyone see can see pictures of the oh what's your cat's <laughs> name again posy <laughs> posy yes and we should have known that there was something up because her nickname from the time we got her when she was like eight weeks old or whatever is posy poops because she has always had diarrhea oh that seems kind of where'd you get her from I feel like maybe you should take her back. Like, this one doesn't work. <laughs> She's a farm cat okay. from Cochrane. So no returnsies. No, no takesies, backsies. This is this is it. And yeah, yeah she just, like, somebody found her on a farm uh, with all of her brothers. She was in a litter of, like, eight kitty cats, and she was the only girl. And so we got her, and yeah, she's ours now. Disgusting litter box and all. There's nothing to really, like, impress upon the absurdity of a vet visit until you're sitting there describing the consistency of the cat turds in all seriousness with another adult human like would you say that they're like a cow pat or more like a soft serve not like at one point i was just like this is this is crazy does anybody <laughs> think that this is just wild <laughs> This is, yeah, this is a conversation you don't expect to have. (laughs) And at one point, the vet and I both started laughing because I was like, this is gross. And she's like, this is my day. I do this all day, every day. And I overcharge everyone for it. Oh, and I also think that, um, so our regular vet sent us for this referral. And I I want to see the chart because I firmly believe that they wrote something about like woman is hysterical because they were so nice to me because I am a nervous pet parent. Yeah. And they were being like extra, extra, like we would like to go through everything with you and here's why you shouldn't be worried. And I was like, they're being very attentive. Yeah. It's suspicious, isn't it? When somebody is too nice, it's extremely suspicious. Okay. Similar in the result or the sort of suspiciousness of, of kindness. I was on a flight and I forget where we were going, but uh, some idiot threw a bag into, like, not a bag, uh, like a suitcase in, into an overhead compartment very last second, like, before throwing themselves into the seat and locking it. And they, of course, didn't close it uh, properly. So this thing, we're starting to take off. This thing sort of, like, flips open. I'm sitting sort of aisle seat with this elderly lady, and I'm like, okay. Like, I'm, I'm like we're not, like, we're we're moving, but we're not, like, in the air in the air. So, like, I'm just going to pop up real quick and uh, slam this thing shut. And this host, uh, like... I was going to say hostess, like a fucking 1940s (laughs) asshole guy with a cigar. This attendant uh, looks at me like dead in the eye and is like, sit down. And like, you know, when somebody says the fuck now without saying the fuck. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. She's like, sit down now. And I'm like, oh, the, and she's like, sit down. And I'm like, into the seat. I was like, yes, I realized I stood up on a plane that is about to uh, fly and probably could have flown backwards down the aisle. Like, I wouldn't have. I know <laughs> I'm not like a physics fucking major or anything, but I know enough to like understand 
the plane is like this still. I'm probably not going to fly and hurdle myself backwards down the aisle. Yeah. Like it's going to take me two seconds to just slap this thing shut. And all I could think of was that guy from the infomercial who like opened the overhead compartment and the fucking suitcase fell on him because it had shifted during the flight. Yes. And he died. Yep. Producer Jess here just wanted to clarify that Billy Mays technically died of heart disease, but he did get hit in the head with luggage the day before he died. And that is sort of why it got picked up by news media that that's what caused his death. But Billy Mays died of heart disease. Clarification. You know, things from the ceiling start dropping and uh, it hit me on the head, but I got a hard head, so... And I'm like, oh, fuck, me or this old lady, we're going to die if I don't shut this now. I'm being heroic. And so the attendant then comes by not long after we're into the air and, like, you know, brings me a whole bunch of free bottles of alcohol. And I'm like, why is she being so nice? Like, oh, oh, thank you very much. Yes, she must have thought I was being heroic as well. And then oh, a little after we got off the flight, I'm, like, going through the scenario again. Maybe I was talking it out with my partner, but, like... I'm like, oh, she was trying to calm me the fuck down, give me alcohol, placate me so that I would just shut up and sit in my seat and not cause any more problems. This wasn't like, thank you for being heroic alcohol. This was like, this guy's this guy's got some issues and I'm just going to chill him the fuck out with some, some alcohol. Shut up alcohol. <laughs> and yeah, it was that same situation. It took me a while, but then I was like, oh, she wasn't being nice to me. She was doing her job and trying to make sure I did. Yeah, placating me, I like to call it. She's placating me. <laughs> there i was on a flight once i think i was flying back from toronto alone and the lady sitting next to me was just a chatty kathy and so we were trading magazines back and forth and chatting and then now what's her name actually kathy i hope so because she was a perfect yeah she she would have fit her name but when we were taxiing back to the airport like no longer in the sky this girl sitting next to me was like, I have to go to the bathroom so bad. Like I'm going to pee my pants unless I get up. And she had been like sucking back a couple glasses of wine. So like the flight attendant and this woman got in a huge screaming match across me. And I had no idea what to do because in that moment I was like, I'm not with her. I know that I've been sitting here this entire flight, like hamming it up with this person. I don't want a sky marshal tackling me to the ground <laughs> yeah at this point i need to make it explicitly clear that we are not no. in any way associates friends lovers none of the above we were sky friends and if you need me to move so you can arrest her i absolutely will yeah you can dive over me and i will lean back i just don't want to get caught up in this but oh i've had some weird i'm always in the middle seat between people that are like sitting on either opposite side. And I was flying back from Mexico once and there was an elderly couple who had an aisle seat and the window seat. And I was sitting in the middle and I said to one of them, do you want to switch with me so you guys can sit together? Cause I thought it was just a, a luck of the ticket draw. And they were like, no, we do this on purpose because so-and-so needs the, the aisle and I need the window. And then they proceeded to talk across me the entire way oh. back from Mexico. And then they brought out snacks, which I didn't think you were allowed to do for some reason. And they weren't just snacks, Ben. They were like boiled eggs. And they were like sharing mm. boiled eggs from across me. And I was just like, the rest of the people I was traveling with were all back behind me, having a great time, having a little yeah. sky wine, watching funny movies. And I'm sitting with this geriatric couple eating boiled eggs. Just great. It's terrible. Uh, one of the other worst things that can happen as a as a person who's broad, I have always had wide shoulders my entire life. And um, you just need to get sat next to another wide dude. And you spend however long your flight is having this sort of god-awful passive-aggressive like uh, elbow battle. <laughs> get the seat fight. But... Shoulder elbow battle. Like yeah. you're not really pushing. You're both just like, I need this space. And like, <laughs> <sighs> I sat next to this Lou Ferrigno motherfucker who just like, <laughs> he also had the aisle and he just wasn't using it. He's like, I'm going to oh, use come on, man. your space. And I'm like, dude, come on. Like at oh, least God. like respect the boundary of the, of the, the seat handle. You know, when you bring that thing down, that means you do not cross this. You shall not pass. There should be like a pamphlet of like the etiquette, depending on your seat. If you have aisle seat, that means you give up your armrest a little bit. 
because you have leg room that the other people don't have. I don't even need you to give it up. You just need to uh, like stick to the halfway mark. That is fair. Or or better, that that armrest is no man's land. Nobody goes there. Nobody uses it. Demilitarized zone. And if you step on there, it could be war. And it was. It often is. Uh, and so now I'll, I'll spring that extra, like, if it's on a, like a WestJet flight, that extra, like, 50 bucks to do the, like, we won't sit anybody in the seat between the two of you. That's and you can I'm both with. have a little extra room. And I'm like, that's 100% fucking worth it. Like, this ain't first class, but it might be about as close as I get. We, so my sister, for work years ago, she was working in Seoul in South Korea. And the company, like, the partner company in Korea flew her over and she flew over in a first class pod and god i want to be a pod person so bad that's my dream i want to be a pod person like that is a dream of mine like bucket list i want to be in a pod where they bring you champagne and a hot towel and jammies and you can lay the fuck down and have a nap she took a full sleep there was a heated mat like i'll get her to send pictures and we'll put it in the show notes but after seeing this i was like why are we why are we flying any other way? That is how you just jam us into little pods with some champagne. The economics of it are is that those people subsidize the flights for the other people, oh. apparently. I've read that on Reddit. Is that their tickets are so exorbitant that they're actually like offsetting the cost of us plebes <laughs> seated back there trying to dodge eggs and elbows like goddamn surfs that we are. It's the snow piercer of the sky. We're flying through the air, able to travel in a way that just like 50 years ago was exorbitantly yeah. expensive for people. Fuck no. No, I'm going to be mad about the eggs and the elbows. We took a train, um, not from Busan. <laughs> uh, we took a train from... <laughs> <laughs> we took a train from Ottawa to Toronto. And I got to say, it was so much fun. I love a good train ride, but we I sprung for the like first class seats because it wasn't as much, you know, it was... It, was, it wasn't that pricey, but I thought, like, we're not going to do it again. Let's try it. It was awesome. It Like, everyone should do it. Mm-hmm. Via rail, first class. You get free booze. We had a nice meal. We had our own attendant who kept checking on me to see if my Caesar needed to be refreshed. It was baller, and I loved it. Free Wi-Fi. I love Via rail. It is awesome. It sounds lovely. So much room. One of my most wildest and and wondrous dreams I have for this country is some sort of like full, like high speed train straight across the goddamn country. I would love that. Um, I know our, our population density doesn't really support that, but maybe some rich ass billionaire instead of uh, building another dick rocket could uh, (laughs) build a horizontal dick rocket (laughs) and shoot us across (laughs) the land instead of into space. That I would love to be able to hop on a little train and just go to Banff. Or Edmonton because I do I hate driving to Edmonton. Um, I know that if you're not if you're not from the Alberta area, dear listeners, you're like I don't care about this. But it's the nearest large, large city in our province, which is like a state and our ostensible rival, <laughs> the 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 Reggie to our Archie. It's like a three hour drive, and it's just there's lots of cool things to do there. Like there's really good bakeries. There's like really great art scene. But I'm not driving through, like, that's a six to seven hour drive round trip. There's people that day trip that shit. I I used to for work. I'd have to go up there sometimes and then pop back. And it just sucks. But if there was a train. Yeah, it would be lovely. Anyway, uh, I love love traveling, trains, planes, and uh, not so much automobiles, but, you know, we're good. How do you feel about spaceships? Uh, I, I wish I wasn't such a wuss. Because I would have loved to have been an astronaut, but I am a bit of a nervous flyer, and uh, I don't like math. So <laughs> being an astronaut, not really in the cards for me. Well, hey, there's space tourism now. Uh, you just need to save up the appropriate number of millions, <laughs> and you can waste that cash by uh, going into low orbit or whatever they call it, and just sort of hovering yeah. for a few seconds. Would you do it if you had if you had like some crazy no, amount of no, money? No. no. Probably not. I would hope that if I were a Bezos-style rich person, I would realize that I had an unconscionable amount of wealth that I could not justify, and that I needed to uh, put that back into the earth, the planet, the people, Uh um, in a myriad of different ways. But uh, I don't know. Something breaks in your brain. Yeah, there's no... How do you go from being like, I want to make 
a lot of money to evil villain, like, they could wipe out poverty of nations and still have, like, billions yeah. left over. And they're like, no. Well, the excuses they probably tell themselves are that a lot of that money isn't, like, immediately available to them. It's tied up in stock markets, which fluctuate. There's a whole bunch yeah. of excuses I'm sure we could come up with if we tried. Or that space exploration is somehow a uh, a better use of those funds than than taking care of things because they're you know they're they're forwarding science they're taking another leap for mankind blah, or whatever. Blah. But you know, I, I I think the real bottom line is that they feel entitled to it at some point. They have bought into the the sort of myth. They enjoy the smell of their own stink, <laughs> if you will, and. Uh, they they feel like that what they've done, uh, in spite of any supports they might have had or the exploitation of the workforce that they've done, deserve mm-hmm. that money. And probably a reason it's uh, a lot of reasons that it's largely uh, white dudes that have it. I mean, a system designed to prop them up, uh, an entitlement, a uh, sense of ownership over existence that other people don't have. Um, yeah, or at least don't have on the same scale. Anyhow, think is speaking of dick rockets, we're here to talk about Star Wars tonight. <laughs> you couldn't tell. <laughs> Let's hit the theme song. Dork Matters. Welcome to the show. Uh, I am your dad, Dork host, Ben Rangel, and with me, oh. as she has been for the last, what, 16, 17 episodes now? I don't know. For a bunch. I don't know. I can't count. <laughs> I, ran out of, I ran out of fingers. <laughs> breaking out the toes here, folks. Um, Yeah, it's me, your, your dork from a galaxy far, far away, Lexi Hunt. I like it. That's great. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and, uh, you know, we usually like to sort of segue into our topic. So I think we did a great job of that beforehand. We're here to yeah. talk Star Wars tonight. Um, no, wait, is that Indiana Jones? <laughs> yeah, that's no, that's Indiana Jones. Uh, I guess on the one hand, that's still John Williams. And, uh, you know, they're all Lucas kind of the same song. I mean, like, yeah, I love John Williams, but of- come on. Oh, me too, but they are like... They're the same. Sounds a lot like... Which sounds a lot like... Like, you put them in a lineup, I can't pick one out from the other. Can't tell them the apart. And I mean, you put Harrison Ford in two of those three situations. I mean, like, what what hope do we have here? A new hope. Yeah, he's actually in uh, Jurassic Park as is, well. No, not a lot of people not. know this. What? Uh, yeah, he has a cameo. Uh, he, he is one of the brontosauruses. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> is he the one? He mo-capped that shit. just with an arm up above his head waving it God, around. is there anything he can't do? Oh, man. You know who would have made a good hand solo? Who's that? I think Jeff Goldblum could have done it. Oh, I'm actually surprised he's not in Star Wars. I, uh, I... I, uh, I, I, I love you. I, 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 I love you. Give that man an Oscar. Oh, wow. Does he not have an Oscar? I'm sure he's got an Oscar for something. No. There's no way. Is he only in, like, genre fiction? Uh. Is he one of those actors that you think of as being, like, a super, like, serious actor, but he's not actually ever in anything except, like, genre I stuff? I don't think anyone in the world would call Jeff Goldblum a serious actor. Really? I feel like they would. But no. Maybe I'm way out to lunch on that. Like, think it... The dude is classy and attractive as hell. He is super attractive. And just, like, stylish as fuck. And, like, a great voice, but... But think of, like, your major... Hev- like, when I say, like, a true actor, like, the best actor of all time, who do you think of? Don't... Sam Neill. Oh, for fuck's sake, I knew you were going to do that. 
Sam Neill's fucking fantastic. He is, I gotta say. I was, I was, I was making a Jurassic Park connection, yeah, but like, he, have you seen Hunt for the Wilderness? Oh, it's people? so good. And he's really hit his peak the it's older so he's gotten. His movie roles just keep getting better. But okay, I will accept Sam Neill. Yeah. Well, we're on Sam Neill, though. A quick aside, there's that Apple TV show that, like, touts him as being a huge part of it. He's in, like, oh. half of an episode and dies. Oh, like, come Apple on. TV. I love Sam Neill. Don't you bait and switch me like that? I do, too. He's fantastic. Okay, who do you got as a serious actor? I want to pause it. Somebody that you probably think of as a serious actor, Idris Elba. Oh, I love Idris Elba. Dude just mostly does genre fiction, and a lot of it is kind of shitty. Um, Have you seen his TV roles, though? No, I haven't, admittedly, but we were talking Oscars, so I went movie okay, stuff. That's... And, like, think of a movie. He's fucking Knuckles in the Sonic the Hedgehog sequel, and apparently <laughs> now he's getting a trilogy <laughs> spinoff as fucking <laughs> Knuckles. And he's Heimdall, which isn't a bad role, but it's not a super serious role uh, in the Thor flicks. But, like, what else has he done? He did the Dark Tower stuff. Wasn't that him? Yeah, he was in Dark Tower. It didn't go anywhere. Nobody liked. It was apparently a bad interpretation. But you got to look at his TV stuff. Uh, he... Again, uh, we're just working on movies here. Just let I'm me just have this. I'm just saying. But let, okay, let you me can... have this Idris Elba. You think he's amazing, but let me just take him down a peg. No, he's beautiful. He is beautiful. I mean, like, he was on The Office as Charles Minor, but he was also in The Wire. Fast and the Furious as like a weird superhero. Was he? Super villain. Sorry, I guess he was technically in Hobbs and Shaw. Oh god. Uh as a like superhuman as they continued to jump that shark. I was gonna say jump that shark, but the jumping started in like Fast Four and just keeps going and I fucking love it. Um, I don't think I've seen any Fast and Furious movie after the first one. in the world can't say it's a it's a, a film I, franchise i really get on with you need to no i think no just no, no no uh sorry i'm framing this wrong a shift in perspective and then approach them again and i bet you you could find a way to love those movies um like i did uh, i thought i was anti fast and furious as well and then fiona's like well okay but think of it from this angle it is a very multicultural cast. Are you telling me that your partner... Oh, Fiona loves that shit. One of Fiona's favorite movies is Speed Racer, what? and I have to agree. Okay, that's different. That's that's Speed Racer. That's not Fast and what the Furious. What Fast and the Furious requires, especially after like the first and second films, is a suspension of disbelief. You no longer in a world where <laughs> these movies are just about street racing. These movies are about supercars, superhero cars, car people, heroics. Like It's a superhero thing. And they just do some wild it's a Transformers shit. movie? Uh, I mean, it could be. I could honestly see a weird crossover with Transformers very easily. But no, they're fantastic. They're amusing. They've got great characters. They're funny. Mm. They've got some of the wildest like car stunt scenes you'll ever, uh, ever, ever see. Like it's just a spectacle to behold. Like, and these things are like box office crushing like super successes worldwide. Like they're not limited by market to just North America, and that's I think. A lot to do with like the the scope and the cast that you get uh, being much broader than your usual sort of North American white person fare. I think you just got to big brain this, Carl Sagan this, and uh, just take another perspective. I'll try. Start with four. That's my four or five. Start four. Yeah. And uh, just like allow that this is not a movie about street racing. This is its own universe and just let yourself get get swept away. And then when you're done, we're going to have a whole episode on Fast Furious. Ah, fine. Okay, I'll do it. I'm going to make a TikTok or an Instagram reel of this. You just got to open yourself up to Vin Diesel. (laughs) And and the family. The brotherhood? What do they call themselves? The family. La familia. Come on. Um, Okay, so we're talking about Star Wars. Holy shit, are we? Apparently, we're talking about Star Wars and not just giant film franchises such as Jurassic Park or anything John Williams has scored. Um, But we're talking specifically about what in Star Wars, Ben? Wait, wait. One tangent. Do you think when John Williams scores, he has one of his scores sort of swell up in the background, like just hits a button? Yes. Yeah. He has an app somewhere that's like the John Williams app and he just like presses some buttons and then is like, there. Just think about with Siri now, it just listens for him to start climaxing and then it plays. Great job, John Williams. The man is ancient. Isn't he like 80 something? Like 87 years old? 
Yeah, something around there. Oh, uh, I mean, people are younger than they used to be. That is true. 80 is like the new... Like 70? 70, yeah, or 60. And people even. used to die at 50, so we're doing all right. We're doing... Like, even when I look at my grandparents when they were a certain age versus my parents when they were a certain age, mm-hmm. my parents look like spry teenagers in comparison. Oh, I completely right? agree. It's a wild shift so in how, weird. I don't know if it was our perspective or something, but yeah, I remember meeting my great grandparents when I was like four or five. I have a vivid memory of these like husks of people. <laughs> and then even my grandparents seemed old, but like, yeah, I don't know. Part of that could be us. Part of that could be medical technology and health. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it is like my mom is like, she's an avid walker, but like the last time I saw her, I was like, damn, you look hip. She's got a new haircut. She's got brand new, like she looks fancy. Anyway, uh, it's this, uh, we're in the future. We're living in the future. We're now. living in and the future. Speaking of the future, Good. Uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away was another future. Yeah. Just work through that. This is a good time for the horns. We're talking about Star Wars, but we are not doing the usual no. uh, Star Wars fair. We're not just talking about, you know, I like this movie. I didn't like this movie. George Lucas. My glasses. <laughs> My glasses. Uh, I do talk like that. I'm not making fun of anybody. That is just how he That's, talks. Yeah. yeah, it's just me. I'm talking about my glasses. Uh, we are going to run down some of the characters we feel are the worst in Star Wars. Uh, that includes the canon, the new canon Star Wars and legacy stuff. Because mm-hmm. there are some <laughs> real dogs in that in that old legacy shit. Legends, I think, is what they call it. Yeah. Did you make a list? Did oh. you check it twice? Oh, yeah. Actually, I have a list from John as well. Oh, I'm sure you do. I think yeah. Fiona would have given me a list if uh, if I would have let her. Um, Mara Jade would have been the top of it. She fucking hates Mara Jade. Mara Jade? Really? Why does she hate Mara Jade? Uh, redhead in fantasy. They're all redheads. Think about it. Any genre fiction, fantasy or sci-fi, your, hero, uh, your heroine, if you will, is mm-hmm. always a feisty redhead who... Is better than everybody and just there to, yeah. I don't know, know everything and do everything and maybe like give some sassy quips to the main male character. That's true. Kind of a useless character overall, I think, is her okay. feeling. That, that, you know what? That's fair. I don't have any strong feelings about Mara Jade. So. It's not her list, though. Uh, it's yours and mine and apparently John's. Yeah. So let's get into it. John had some serious feelings about this one. Let's debate these. Well, it's funny because I, I brought it up to him because I, I would say in... In our relationship, John is the true Star Wars fan. I am I'm a bandwagoner. Like I enjoy Star Wars. I've read books, I've read comics, I've watched um all the movies. Okay, but how does that not make you a fan? Because John has done way more than and like he knows more of the lore and has played also like more of the video games. So That's fine. I don't think that invalidates you as a fan though. No, I like he he does know like more of the lore, I'd say. Like But does that make you a truer fan? I, I think it does. I feel like that kind of validation doesn't really matter and is, is is sort of does a disservice to the idea of enjoying something. Gatekeeps it. Not gatekeeping per se. I'd say that he just has a different view. Okay. I'm not trying to shit on John here, just so we're clear. <laughs> just I see something fascinating in the idea of one person who knows more and is able to memorize more facts being a truer fan than one who doesn't. And I find that fascinating. There's an episode of whatever, like Stephen Colbert's talk show, where somebody tries to outdork him. Okay. I think it was like James Franco or something. Tries to out- you can't outdork Stephen Colbert. You well, and he he just was like, "Don't even do this." And it was, it was beautiful. And that's how I feel. Like John is the Stephen Colbert of the Star Wars. Like he just. All right, I'm conceding this. But I I actually because... I really like his answers because the, he actually was just showing me YouTube videos to prove his point and he is 100% accurate on what he has here so I want to start with one of John's to begin us if that's okay go for it let's go um his first uh John says on his list of most hated Star Wars characters are Banthas (laughs) for their horrific random sound effects because as soon as there is a Bantha, even on the screen a little bit, they have to make their like noise always. And the second he pointed it out, now I can't not hear it anytime. Like, there's no point. To them. I love Banthas. I think they're big, beautiful beasts. I love the dumb noises they make. The Muppety 
nature of the beasts in Star Wars is one of the things I love the most. So that's not a problem for me. And yet I can still see where you oh, are yeah. coming from. I think that's great. I do not want to make a bunch of nerds angry. So I'm going to say... And it's, and it's Porgs as well. We love Star Wars, I think it's fair to say. Both <laughs> of us. And uh, we're coming at this from a place of love. Where we're yes. Oh, yeah. Enjoy ribbing and throwing down on some characters. Some of them jokingly more than others where I have sincere and utter hatred for how they were represented. Uh, Banthas. Banthas are not one I can get behind. I love those furry fucks. Yeah. Banthas and Porgs, he said. Porgs. I don't have any problem with Porgs either. It's this. It's the whole... What notion. I do have a problem with is when Chewie eats the fucking Porg in, in the last year. We were just like, watching that yeah. scene. These are cute, semi-sentient creatures. Do not eat these fucking things. People still eat octopus in the world, and those have, like, the intelligence of, like, a six-year-old. Yeah, not me, and I think that's absolutely fucking disgusting. Uh, you heard it here first. Yeah. I have a strong anti-eating Don't pods eat pogs. Take. Don't do it anymore. They are super fucking smart. Don't eat pogs. Don't eat porgs. <laughs> <laughs> you just said pogs. Don't eat the pogs. They're bad for you. You will choke on them. They are hard plastic discs. Oh, you can get through the paper ones, but yeah, slammer, a kini. You can't choke down a kini. This is true. Why were they called kinis? I had a pog, like everybody had a pog collection, but I had a pog collection and my very first slammer was an orange clear plastic um, slammer that had a golden Bill Cosby on it for some reason. Ooh, you hate to hear that now. Yeah. I bet somebody pay a lot for that if you still have it somewhere. I don't know what happened to my pogs. Anyway. He's a terrible person. There's lots of them. I think it's okay to make fun of terrible people and their pogs. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about that. We're we're Star Wars. Okay, so you had Banthas. I don't personally agree, but I appreciate it, and I think it's funny, and that is a great place to start. Yeah. Um, I'm going a little bit more serious with my first one, and then we can hit your Lexi list first one, and then we'll go back to John. My first one is Poe Dameron. In okay. My reason for this is the entirety of The Last Jedi. Uh, oh! Where you have this... Uh, reckless male who thinks he knows better than the women in charge uh, ends up getting a whole bunch of people fucking killed then has the audacity to try to usurp power from the next in line in that chain of command Mm -hmm. thinking he knows better again gets more fucking people killed and then the next movie guess what nobody fucking cares he's in charge of everything somehow and it's just like it's a little bit too real for me that's a good one yeah Uh, it really it really fucking irritates me um he's wrong he's wrong that entire movie he's a terrible asshole that entire movie he learns nothing like if he did all that and he realizes the weight of being a leader and how he in his like sort of brazen sort of assholishness decided he knew better than people that had the full picture mm, and his entitlement yeah. to feeling like he deserves to know everything oh, yeah. to the point where he fucking throws a mutiny if he had learned from any of that, if something had happened, if that had been part of his character growth, that would have been interesting. But instead, he's just in charge of fucking everything. The next movie has no learning moment, does not grow, just is there. And uh, it makes me fucking hate him. That's a very valid reason. I never thought about that before, but now I will definitely see him in a different way. If you feel like arguing with me on these, I think no. uh, everyone would enjoy that. <laughs> uh, I I think I have one that you and I might disagree on, but I'm going to agree with you on this one. I am team Ben on boo Poe Dameron. Yeah. Okay. Fuck you, Poe. I like Oscar Isaacs a lot, but fuck you, Poe. Well, and he is great. Like I really enjoyed him in Dune. Um, I haven't watched it yet. Uh, everyone oh, loves him in Ex Machina as well. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a great, he's good actor. Yeah. Easy on the eyes as well. <laughs> but too bad that uh just poe dameron is a bit of a dink yeah he's a huge dink and he just kills so many people through his like arrogance (laughs) and entitlement what a dick yeah uh all right let's hit let's hear lexi's uh i don't know if i should come up with like big guns because i've got like one or two that might be kind of controversial my suggestion would be if you wrote a list just hit whatever's on the top of it let's go okay mace windu i don't like mace windu that's fair. Okay. I mean, I disagree. I think he's the ba- baddest motherfucker in all of Star Wars, but... How does the baddest motherfucker in all of Star Wars not understand that, like, Emperor... Pe- like, he... Come on. Like, there's okay, literally so... an old man cackling in the corner, and then when they look at him, he's like, <laughs> everything's fine here. Like, how can you be 
the strongest Jedi on the Jedi Council, the leaders of the Jedi, and not have some type of inkling that some shit's going down. Well, he's a physically the strongest, not necessarily mentally the strongest. Okay, fair. Uh, B, you raise an amazing point, which is that the entire Jedi Council is so fucked and whacked out. <laughs> but I think personally, that's exactly the point of those movies is that the Jedi Council has become so arrogant that they literally cannot see mm-hmm. a, a like finger mustache twirling, finger tenting yes. villain right in front of them. And I think that's sort of the the whole point of those movies. That's what I like about them is like we're seeing the arrogance of an institution that like is so full of itself and and believes in its its own like sort of hype so much that they they can no longer like sort their shit out. And like Mace's arrogance is right there again because he doesn't bring anybody with him except Anakin, who he suspects yes. might have been Turner. And he's like, "No, I got this. I'm just going to go by myself." Yeah, like so that's a reason to hate it. But I actually kind of like that as a story moment. I like, oh. but I can see it. I can see it. He is arrogant. He's a dick. Yeah. yeah. He's just, he's not my favorite. He, I think because of his, dare I say, incompetence, that's what caused Anakin to turn. And a stronger leader would have been able to spot the warning signs, stop that shit, and we wouldn't have the mess that we got into. Thanks, Mace. That's fair. Do you think he's still alive? No. Somewhere. No, you don't think he can pull a Palpatine and come back? No, I don't. Then he, he would have come back. We would have seen him. Yeah, we would have seen him by now. Yeah, I he's think too so. busy being Nick Fury at this point. Yeah, he's made his. He he jumped ship. Only only purple lightsaber to date, as far as I I know. Yeah, oh, I just that's a whole other thing. But yeah, so Mace Windu is my pick. Yeah. All right, I like it. All right, let's keep let's keep it rolling. What's John got for us next? Uh, the next one, it's for the same reason. It's the gong. Hey, this is an aside again. Yeah, sorry. do it. Uh, and now I've I've heard what you were going to yeah, say. Yeah, you know what I'm going to say. My tackles up already. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, wrong. Um, but is John J O N or J O H N? J O N. This matters. J O N. I like it better. Yeah. I like it so much better. Smooth, John. Um, is it short for Jonathan still, or is it? Yes. Uh, yeah, okay. it's short for Jonathan. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Let's keep moving. So I heard a G-O-N sound coming out of your mouth, and I think you might want to change it. No? The the gonk droid? How could you hate gonk droid? Because they're an overturned, in some cases. Garbage can. Yes, like from the McDonald's of like the 80s. They're literally a McDonald's garbage yeah. can from the 80s. That's the brilliance of gonk. That makes me love gonk, not hate gonk. And it's like, it's a love to, it's a love hate thing where like every time they're on, he's like, of okay. course, it's. Because it's it takes over the scene. It's like when Jimmy Fallon was in Band of Brothers. The entire episode is ruined because no longer are you back in the 1942s. No, you are currently on a soundstage with Jimmy Fallon driving a van. It's because he keeps like looking at the screen and smirking and sort of chuckling to himself and throwing pencils at the camera. And that's what happens with the gong droids. Like they walk around, like scene is destroyed because the, the McDonald's garbage can is walking through it. And there's something it like, and there is something very, very nostalgic and kind okay. of charming about the fact that like when Star Wars originally started, it was kind of low budget. It was shit just cobbled together to make it seem kind of sci-fi, which is great. But then it's just, I need, I need teacher. May I have a tangent? Do it. Go for it. Can we get an aside more than a tangent. Okay. What you just said about like how it's sort of like low, low tech and sort of silly. That's totally true. Did you watch the book of Boba Fett just now? Yes. That yeah. just finished on Disney. How did that look worse than I the 70s know. films? How did they do that? You have all the technology in the world and it looked more stiff. And the, like, I, yeah, I agree. I would take a gonk droid instead of that entire series. And I like parts of the series. There were definitely clunky issues, but like, yeah, you just, you just spark something in me with the gong droid. I don't think they ruin a scene. I think they enhance it. But And I also posit that maybe the distraction <laughs> of the gong droid might be on the person being distracted by the gong droid more than the gong droid itself. I've never said gong droid mm, that many times in a row. That's a lot of gongs. <laughs> <laughs> if we didn't have this weird rule where we put dork in all our episode titles, I would call it gong droid. Just, or just gong. God, I love the sound they make. Gong, gong. <laughs> i do like that this is a perfect episode for jess to just go wild with the sound effects like just just have at her yeah (laughs) 
Okay, you go. Who's yours? Uh, oh, okay. That was a John, so it's me. Uh, next up for me is Governor Seal Bibble. Oh. From The Phantom Menace. Uh, my issue with him, he looks like the gatekeeper from Wizard of Oz. It fucks me up every time I see him. I was like, what is this guy doing here? Does he represent the Lollipop Guild? Is he is he asking what you're there for? Who rang that bell? Going to send a horse of a different color to pick you up and take you to the, the, the wizard? I really fucking hate his facial hair. So much so that it takes me and just irritates me. So he's on my list. He made my list. He's also kind of an incompetent governor too, but that is very secondary to his facial hair. That's okay. Well, okay. We can move on. I'm probably the only person that has any feelings about Cy Bibble. We'll see how Bibble. Silly Bibble. No, I don't know. Silly Bibble. Okay. I'm going to make a bit of a claim here. Star Wars, I feel like you either are a wonderful actor or you are just the... Like, there's so much stiff acting in Star Wars sometimes where it's just like, it it can be hard to watch. And then other times... Okay, example me. Okay. Are you ready for this? Is this your list and an example? Yes, this is my list. Amelia uh, Clark's character in solo nah i completely disagree oh i i i okay this is i think she acts the hell out of it i think she's probably oh, one of the brightest spots of that film. no and i love that film i have to disagree ben it is my most disagree this it is my most hated of all the star wars movies oh that's so wild i think it's one of the best and like most earnest and most interesting of the star wars movies it's so great she's so stiff and the, the problem that I have with her is when I see interviews with Amelia Clark, she seems like a lovely, warm, genuine person who I would like to be friends with. I think she's a horrible actress. Everything I've seen her in, I'm like, oh, like she is, she's so stiff and monotone and one note. And I just, I can't with her. I just Man. can't. I'm sorry. I mean, I appreciate where you're coming from. I it's all the eyebrows. Disagree. She just, this is what's happening the entire. Oh, oh, oh. Some would but call no. that emoting and, and, and consider it a sign of a strong actor. You can, you act with all of your body, not just like this part. I'm pointing to my eyebrows. All right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to belabor this, but I would suggest, uh, yeah, you know, if you are a person who has been subject to, Many, many, many myriad of abuses feel like you're being constantly monitored and watch you uh, you emote with your eyebrows more than your body. Really? Yeah, I think that's a character choice. I think she's great. Okay. All right. Well, we agree to disagree. I think she is a very strong... I can't believe you don't like Solo. I'm sorry. That's okay. And when I... Okay, but I want to say when... Again, we come back to like, when I say I don't like Solo, I still enjoy it. It's just not my favorite of the Star Wars movies. I think it's the weakest of them. No, I get you. I, I would like... still watch it. Like, I probably watch it this weekend because I've been thinking about it so much. Like, I would definitely watch it again. I still get a lot of enjoyment out of it. I, I think it was a very entertaining movie. Do I consider it a strong representation of the franchise? No. Wow. I think it's one of the strongest. That's so yeah. wild. But I know you and I disagree on what I would consider to be the strongest of the franchise. Um, I mean, I think original trilogies generally the strongest. Um, not you? You don't think the original trilogy is the strongest of Star Wars franchise? I, I feel a lot of nostalgia towards it. I think it, it's lovely, and I love them. But uh, where would you go for strongest Star Wars? I need to. I need to know this. Still be my friend after I say this. Um, I. I don't care. I, I like the prequels, and I defend them. Like nothing. I I think that Rogue One was just an incredible movie. Yeah. I loved it. I find it joyless and dour. Oh, it was so good. And uh, just lacking anything relating, like even even close to fun. Oh, yeah. K2SO is, is, is amusing. Yes. But like Jin Erso as a main character is so goddamn boring. I loved her. I thought she was one of the strongest female characters in the franchise. Uh, Diego Luna's wow. character, like... I think that there was such energy between those. Anyway, okay. Boy, you are not going to like the next one. On I have list. an idea. I, I knew. I actually, because I wrote down a list of my favorite characters, and I was like, Ben and I are going to have a disagreement. <laughs> I enjoy a lot of aspects of Rogue One, including K2SO. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably, I just, it's not even one I've rewatched. It, I found it oh, so. Oh, I've watched it so many times. Like a slog. Oh, it's so beautiful. I want my Star Wars to be a little bit wacky, a little bit weird, a little bit silly. Uh, And it was none of that. I loved it. I thought it was so good. 
It was beautifully shot. I like the serious nature of it because it let like that was really the catalyst that gets you going to all the other movies. And I just felt like it, it had such a strong foundation that leads us into um, what we would consider episode four. I love Mads Mikkelsen. He's, yes. He's always he's excellent. excellent. Uh, Krennic is an amusing as hell villain. I mm-hmm. think one of my favorite villains oh, actually, so because good, he's sort right? of oafish and we don't get to see that bureaucratic oafish villain in any other movie. So that's pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just generally not as not as fun as I want my Star Wars to be. Not as silly. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's not. There's no. There's not a lot of goof. There's not a lot of goofiness in this one. No, no. I'm just trying to keep us light and, and not too tense. As I've alluded to in the past, I am. I'm. I'm a dour person, so it's my <laughs> mo. Lexi's here. Everybody, turn down the music. Lexi's here. That's uh, what is that character from? That sad character. <laughs> oh, that used to, on on SNL. What was her name? Fuck. You know who I mean, right? Debbie Downer. Debbie Downer. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Stop it! You are not. You are plenty of fun, or else I wouldn't have talked to you for sixteen episodes, seventeen, eighteen. We don't know. I lost know. count. It's that much fun. Whose turn is it? Um, I think it's John's turn. Okay, go for it, John. We got to keep. So this is his final one. (laughs) This is his final one, and he said it's a love hate. He absolutely loves his character and absolutely despises him at the same time. I love where this is going. I, I had to see videos of it because I couldn't place it. But uh, the final one from John's list is Salacious Crumb. Yeah, I can see why people would dislike, but also love Salacious Crumb. It's a weird ass fucking puppet. it's a monkey parrot thing and again it's the laughing and it's just like the weird sound effect of like his job is to make jabba laugh and that's it but he doesn't ever do anything funny that's the kind of silly shit i want in my star wars and that's one of the things i'm sadly missing in rogue uh there's no weird fucking puppets running around yeah it's a very serious like adult film whereas all the rest of them was just like and now here's a puppet and I do, we watched a couple YouTube videos about Salacious Crumb and I just, it's for his dumb laugh and his existence has absolutely no bearing on any of the stories. And yet he has this very yeah. rich backstory. That's the shit I love. Yeah. yeah. And he's just, and John's like, I love to hate him and hate to love him. It's this duality, but that that's his final one for his list of, um, I love it. Yeah. That's great. Thanks, John. Uh, I guess, is it me or you now? It's you, you. Okay, here we go. Uh, I might as well get this one out of the way. Cassie and Andor, Mm. the most boring character in the entirety of uh, Star Wars. Okay. Uh, I would rather watch Toast Cook or or Paint Dry. And somehow this dude's getting uh, a series. I like him. Diego Luna, come on. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Diego Luna, but that character is not interesting to me in any way. Explain yourself, please. Just joyless, uninteresting, <laughs> nothing fun about him. Like, okay, so take a similar sort of stoic character in The Mandalorian. We still get funny moments. The dude gets knocked down a lot. He has silly little banter with his son, you know. Mm-hmm. There's there's moments of levity. Uh, I feel like no human can be as un- as like as unjoyful as, as Cassie Nandor is. And I know he's dealing with serious shit, but so is everyone in Star Wars. It's called Star Wars. But do you think it's because like he he only has a movie to play it out, whereas like in a TV show you can you have more time to flesh that character out to see those kind of like lighthearted. It's very possible. Maybe he will turn out to be a character I really love in his uh, Andor series yeah. coming up this year, twenty twenty two on Disney Plus. Please sponsor us. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of, one of these days, one of those fishing this expeditions will yield us. I I can. I can respect what you're saying, but I, I do think we have to give them some time to flesh the character out. But uh, but they don't have it. So all we get is the movie. And what they did with him in that movie is just not interesting to me. I, but like I feel like that is just a symptom of the entire movie. What is it about him that you like the characterization? Uh, I just... Because Rogue One is such a serious film all the characters have to be serious, right? So that just kind of like, he's in line with the the theme and the mood of the movie. Okay. But I just, I felt that the actors playing the two characters here, I'm blanking, Jen Erso and um, Cassius. Cassian Nandor. Thank you. They just had <laughs> such great energy. 
Like they were a really good pairing. I thought that the two of them had like there's the scene when they're going down the elevator, they know that they're hooped, things are getting all serious, and they're just staring at each other and like, oh, like it, the energy, it was very electric. And I just thought the two of them played off of each other really well. So I thought it's not that he is a great character. It's that there was a good pairing between the two. Hey, I, I am willing to rewatch at some point and, and, and see if I enjoy that. The problem is, is if you don't like a couple characters, then whether or not they, they get on well together on screen doesn't really elevate them. Um, That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. But I appreciate that. I appreciate where you're coming from. Any other Cassian Andor stands out there, hit me up. Let me know what it is you love about them. And you have to choose something other than just Diego Luna being an, a sexy individual. Everybody's sexy in Star Wars, Gronk included. So you got you to come, come up with other things if you want to talk to me about this. What's Donnie Yen's character's name? I couldn't tell you, Gosh. which I feel is symptomatic of the, sh- of the movie itself. Oh, he was so good, Forrest too. Forrest Whitaker's a great character. <laughs> I love Forrest Whitaker. He's not the character that I know from the Clone Wars show. Yeah. Um, but that's fine. I can see him as an evolution of that. Uh, I like that weird beast that they put on Bodhi Rook's head to suck the truth out that leaves him all mind nest. That's pretty fun. You're going to come around. You're going to love that movie. The Tarkin makeup is so uh, unsettling as well. And the weird face plant they did for Leia. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a big fan I, of... That's not enough to take me off the movie. I'm just thinking about the movie now. Okay. We could debate this forever. We, we, we should probably we keep moving. Okay. Okay, I've got... Now we're just getting into races of, like, characters that I'm not a fan oh, of. Like, the Gungans. Very much. I just... I mean... <laughs> I can like the Gungans. I can't. Um, They're just... Like, come Jar Jar is problematic in a lot of ways. Um, the characterization, sort yeah. of the... Yeah, I mean, people know about that. People have talked about that ad nauseum. Yeah, we don't, we don't need that. But, but that's like my last that. ones are all about those like kind of problematic, like the banking clan and the Newt Gunrays of the like. I just felt like ugh. Newt Gunray and all the Nemodians are hugely problematic yes. as a racial stereotype of uh, Asian folk. And uh, yeah, no, they can they can fuck right yep. off with that shit. Um, and those terrible accidents. And that was my that my last little bit. The weird racial characterizations of some of the different species i wasn't big fans of so that that's uh that's about it for me you're out of characters really i'm out of characters yeah wow okay I've got i too like many. more than i hate that's good i feel like i do as well but uh there's some that are just too good to pass up um go for it i'm gonna i'll rapid fire them qui-gon jinn um <gasps> really i like qui-gon jinn generally i dislike that he takes a toddler away from or not toddler he's like eight fair and doesn't just like you know tell the jedi council to send some cash to get her out of slavery at some point like they just leave her there to rot and that's that's some that's that's qui-gon jinn and that's the entire jedi council which again yeah plays into that hey maybe this is part of the the problem and why they fell um but yeah it makes me like his character a little less okay um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Clone Wars series that much. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so you know who Cad Bane is. Yes. I don't... Blue Bounty Hunter. Uh, Was bit just of a, in uh, Book of... Uh, Clint yep. Eastwood. Yes, he did show up. Yeah. Clint Eastwood stand in. Um, I dislike his Gary Stu nature. I dislike that he is better than everybody. I don't like that as a main character trait. Hmm. He has nothing else that defines him except that he's better than everybody. At everything and always knows what's happening and is one step ahead of everybody. It's like it's not interesting to me. Like that's it. That's all. That's all we get about you. We don't know anything else about you except that you're better than everyone. Okay. I could do without. And honestly, when he shows up, yeah. Spoiler alert. Stop listening. Spoilers. This is all you get when he shows up in the book of Boba Fett. I find. Whatever they did there, the combination of live action makeup and CGI, absolutely fucking off-putting. I thought it was terrifying, which added to the character, because I was excited to see... Oh god, I find him terrifying in a bad way. I was like, ooh, Cad Bane! Yeah, he was... I thought he was scary, but that's because, like, he's a scary character. He's murderous. Uh, Yeah, I just... I don't find him threatening. I find him off-putting. 
Uh, and that, yeah, That's fair. I feel like either just go like full makeup with a character or, or like full CGI or something. I don't know. Get a Muppet. He should have been a Muppet. No, I wanted to be like, who framed Roger Rabbit? They just take the 3D model straight from the cartoon. Yeah, I just want that. That would have been great. I, I would have I would have preferred that, I think. Um, <laughs> like, you know, I'm not saying anybody did a bad job putting him in there. I just personally found it sort of unsettling. Um, All right. Not in like, and his lips were just the weirdest color. They were getting old. Like they couldn't get the makeup to go. Right. Yeah, they couldn't get the makeup all the way in, inside the mouth. So it's just sort of like, oh, he's just sort of like, did he eat a human? There's a human in there. Trying to break out, yeah. Okay, I got to keep going. Uh, are you familiar with a lot of the extended universe, the old legend stuff uh, now? Not as much, um, no. This character is sort of canon, um, but mostly not. I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, Jackson. No, no idea. Jackson, the space rabbit. What? This is one where I need to get you a picture. Uh, so that Yeah, I'm going to look up Jackson. Google it, look at some pictures, and you will understand. Excuse you, this is a Star this is Wars a Star character? Wars character that was decanonized and then recanonized recently. Um, um, and why is he a green bunny rabbit? Incredibly unsettling. Yes. So, you know, we've had some discussion here about characters uh, uh, we feel maybe don't fit the best way with either our personal taste or with the universe. This is the ultimate example of uh, like, he's a space bunny. Um, and worse than that, I don't know who did it first, him or Bucky O'Hare, but Bucky O'Hare did it better. Bucky, Bucky O'Hare. Oh my God, this is disturbing. Yeah. This guy takes you out of it. There's yeah. not any way to have this rabbit. Like there can be weird and wild and wonderful and strange and even goofy ass shit in Star Wars. And I will take it all. I will accept it. I will suspend my disbelief, but I have a very difficult time, if not an impossible time dealing with this rabbit. That's fair. I'm on board with that. So fuck you, Jackson. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> my last one, since we're doing legacy and legend stuff is the species, the Yuzon Bong. Yuzon Bong. <laughs> This is yeah. another one you're going to want to Google. Y-U-U-Z-H-A-N space V-O-N-G. Okay. Let's see here. What do we got? Um... These are edgelord space orcs that basically ended off the EU before Disney uh, purchased all of oh, it. Oh, yeah. There we go. Okay. So these are these sort of like, I don't know, you could call them dark elves or orc-like yes. creatures. Um, they came from outside the known universe like the outer rim of the star wars sort of galaxy and their thing is that they're anti-technology and get oh. this the force doesn't work on them <laughs> at all you know the force that established sort of uh, presence in our star wars universe that literally binds and connects all living things except apparently only within <laughs> only within the little bubble of that one galaxy uh but not outside of that so these guys are like weird edgelord characters designed in like the late 90s or early 2000s. Um, and the wildest thing is I didn't even read the New Jedi Academy or whatever okay. uh, these ones come from. Basically, I, I ran into some talk of people like years and years ago talking about these characters. And it was a huge debate in a forum about like, are they good? Are they bad? And I read way too much about them uh, independently and just realized they are in a lot of ways, a Cad Bane, but on a species level where like nobody can stop them. Lightsabers? Oh, they've got organic shields that stop lightsabers. Oh. Like, fuck off. That's like the shitty 11-year-old who's like, no, uh, I'm, I've got a special like space force that like doesn't, you can't shoot me. Like there's no, you can never. You fucking nailed it. This is it. This is the equivalent of the kid on the playground who when you're like, I've got a lightsaber, they're like, I've got a lightsaber shield. You're like, I've got a laser gun. They're like, can't get through my shielding. And you're like, yeah, like, what are you doing, man? That's not how you, you have to be a yes and person when we're playing make-believe. Billy, fuck off. Come on, Billy. Yeah, so you get some, like, some weird-ass writers at this point who are just like, oh, I know. Like, you've got established lore. You've got established characters, established rules. Like, don't be lazy. This is lazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you can make an external threat. They don't need to be magically disconnected from the forest can't can't be lightsabered no mind tricks no jedi or sith powers work against these assholes oh, yeah come on then what's the point they fly around in organic ships like they're in farscape oh no not for me anyhow that's my list that's everybody i got that's that's everybody so do you have like an old like a top one or two 
favorite characters of all time? Oh, fuck, a lot. Oh, God. I wasn't prepared for this because I knew if I started trying to figure out favorite characters, it would be way too difficult. Um, I'll probably get hate mail, but I love uh, Luke Skywalker from The Last Jedi. Okay. I love, no, that's, he's I a classic. I love everything about that interpretation of him. I love, actually, that entire, like, you know, guy who thought he had it all together makes a huge mistake and, like, thinks the right way to deal with that is to not participate anymore. And I find that so fascinating and so interesting as opposed to trying to make up for his mistakes and, and better the situation that he's created. He actually just mm-hmm. sequesters himself and like runs away and lets everyone else deal with the fallout of a problem he made. So when he finally decides to clean up his shit, I like that. I like that whole arc. And it's super believable to me. He never finishes his Jedi training. Jedi, uh, Jedi, uh, Yoda warns him in Empire that like, Hey, if you run off now, things are going to go badly at some point. And yeah, I think I think there's a bit of arrogance there that the Jedi are known for. So yeah. the character makes a lot of sense to me. I really like him. Uh, I don't know if he's my favorite favorite, but he's up there. Yeah. How about you? I really, like, I, I started to make a list and I'm really torn between a couple people. Like, I have an undying love for the night sisters like i think they are awesome everything about them like asajj ventress um oh i love asajj ventress uh marin from um the latest star wars very popular i think the night sisters are great they're they're my favorite i love them i love the lore behind them like if i were to go write some fan fiction or create some type of like weird youtube star wars fan animation it would just be on the night sisters i love them i i just i also really love shakti i just think that she's like a badass cool like stoic zen force to be reckoned with jedi master i love her so it's between shakti is dope yeah like i, I just can't decide between those two parties ahsoka's up there for me like way up there especially if you follow her from like the beginning straight through yeah. to like what Filoni finished up on on the Clone Wars and also like Rebels. Uh, she might be my favorite Jedi, probably one of my favorite characters. I, I struggled with her at first, but I definitely like... What was the issue? She was an annoying kid, but then that was part of the character arc. No, you're right. I take it back. She was very much like Ezra Bridger, who I grew to love as well. And he was irritating yes. and had a goddamn energy slingshot. Oh. And I remember making fun of that fucking choice when I like, saw that come. Really? Like, really? <laughs> This is what we're doing with Star Wars. Is like I like some silly shit, but like, come on, energy slingshot. Let's not push limits. Let's just give this kid a blaster. Uh, thankfully, that disappears. It took me a while to get on board, though. Yeah. No, no, she's very much uh, a sort of an irritating character at first. I can see that she's one of those precocious little young people. Yes. That can be a little bit off-putting to other people. But she gets there. She she gets there in the end. Oh, she totally grows into basically one of the best characters I think ever mm-hmm. ever in the entire Star Wars universe. What I want to say with like Night Sisters was like there is a great example of how you do something that's not Sith versus Jedi yes. or, or light side versus yeah. dark side. Like these people are still connected to the Force. They use it differently. It means something else to them, and it puts them at odds with other people in the universe. Like. We're playing in that sandbox that we created already using the rules and the magic that we've established in the universe. And nobody has to go like, yeah, none of your stuff works. Nah, I'm stronger than everyone. <laughs> Fuck off, Billy. You're not playing right. God, I just, I, I wish that we could do more with them. Like I want a whole series on the Night Sisters. I would watch the hell out of that. Uh... Isn't there like a, a book about uh, Asajj Ventress? She's yeah. fantastic. She's one of the most oh. fascinating characters from the Clone Wars for sure. Yeah. There's a, there, there is some really great um, material out there for Asajj Ventress, but there, there's even more. Um, there's just so much room to grow into that whole universe there. And I wish that they would do that. Oh, oh, and I forgot my other favorite character. Um, I don't even know his name, but whoever Paul Young Sung Lee plays, I love him. And I would watch an entire show of just him flying around in his X-Wing. I would watch the hell out of that. He is a gifted Canadian actor, and I love him. Uh, I think I maybe he'll get uh, that Rangers of the New Republic show instead of What's-Her-Face, oh. since it turned out she was terrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she just torpedoed out her career. Well, they would be doing themselves a favor. Uh, yeah, she, he, she is a stiff and she terrible actor. To, uh, yeah, she was never an actor. But he is delightful, and I just we we started watching um, the newest Amazon Prime show that is like all the Canadian comics who have to. Oh, I need to watch that on my list. LOL and or whatever. 
it is funny and Andrew Fung is in it and I just I I've met Andrew Fung like once and he was a nice dude he was just at like a a school thing and just watching him up there meet like Dave Foley and I was just like god I'm just so happy for him and I'm just so happy <laughs> like I just was so proud and I felt like this Calgary boy is out there like doing good things and getting like his TV show out there. And I'm just, I'm legit happy when I see the stars of Kim's convenience. Have you watched on the birds yet? Yeah. I've watched a couple. Episodes. I watched the first episode. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I'm not like much of a sitcom person anymore. I feel like it's hard to go back to that. That it feels like it, we've shifted away from that as TV, but yeah, but I liked it. But I think that he, he, he does a good job of it. And I just, I'm so happy when, when I feel like good people, <laughs> find success in their creative field so that's very sweet i like that yeah uh kevin owens i Kamen love kevin owens. owens okay why is that absolutely love them i just like their weird aesthetic their <laughs> tallness their slow talking voices like very deliberate yeah. movements like they're just alien in a universe of aliens like they stand out yes they do worldwide and i know that's a problem for a lot of people but not for me i loved it it was just like okay this is this is my jam like this weird ass place rex i really did enjoy them in um yeah like the the bad batch i don't know why they're, yeah, there's something very like peaceful and sweet about them yeah even while they're doing weird stuff but they just don't consider it a problem they're just like this is yeah. what we do we clone yeah. shit and sell it to people uh rex is another one of my like top top favorite characters yes. uh and then watching him show up again in rebels is just fantastic um just old man Rex, aging away. It's pretty cool. I like the fan art from Star Wars. Like people do some cool shit in terms of like art and live action, like movies and short films. And I that's my favorite thing about Star Wars is like people pick it up in a big way, and I think it's awesome. So I would like to see if people have fan art, either that they have created or that they have seen. I want them to share it out with us so that we can push it forward because i think it's awesome yeah you can hit us up at uh dork matters or dork matters podcast on whatever socials you're looking at and uh yeah let us know who your favorite or least favorite characters are in 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 the universe and why i'm endlessly fascinated also if you feel passionately that we're wrong about anything please let us know because i find that interesting as well i'm not going to argue with you i'll just appreciate your opinion (laughs) on the matter we'll go huh good point and then we'll move on I've never thought of it that way before. Yeah, we appreciate it. And I never will again. That's what is that sound? Fucking stupid. Oh, 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 yes. Okay, we've gone full circle. The Banthas are back. Ben, the Banthas are coming. Gonk, 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 gonk. It's a gonk riding a Bantha. Oh no, Cassie and Andor is with them. Being stoic and quiet. Yeah, he's just on the back. He's uh, not saying anything. I'm very troubled. You got really, really great gritty impressions. Gritty today. It's wonderful. I just do the same one for everything. Next time on our Star Wars talk, why the prequels actually aren't that bad. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I'm not going to talk Lexi <laughs> into doing that one. All right. Well, thanks for chatting with us. I love Star Wars. I literally love all of Star Wars. Star Wars, good. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Dork Matters. If you like the podcast, subscribe, give a rating, and tell a friend about us. If you are a fellow dork and have a dork issue that you think we need to discuss, tell us on our social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. You can also check out our original art and other content from Ben and myself. We'd like to say a big thank you to Yabra for the use of our theme song Dance off of their Astral EP, as well as a thank you to Jess Schmidt for producing and editing our podcast. Thanks, Jess. Dork Matters. This podcast is created on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Nations, which includes the Siksiga, the Bigani, and the Gaina. We also acknowledge the Stony Nakoda Nation, Sutena, and Metis Region 3. Dork Matters is a proud member of the Alberta Public Radio Podcast Network.